0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Have you ever prayed and wondered... Does God hear me? Maybe you prayed for a long time for something. Maybe you've prayed for decades for something. And you just ask, Does God hear me? Maybe you felt anguish and pain over whether or not does God hear you pray? He does. He hears our prayer. He doesn't always answer in our time, but He hears our prayers. This week I, I was uh, on Facebook and I saw a meme. And I don't usually share those things, but this one I thought was pretty good for tonight. Um, here's a picture of Mel Gibson next to Jim Caviezel as they are uh, in the movie The Passion of the Christ. And and the caption says, this is what it looks like when I complain to Jesus about how hard my life is. We get to feeling down, we get to feeling, um, you can move it, we get to feeling like um, our life is really, really bad, and then we remember what Jesus faced, what the beatings that he took, the the nails in His hands, the crown of thorns upon His head. But even worse than that was the Father turning His face away. Even worse than that was when He was on the cross and He cried out, Father, why hast Thou forsaken Me? He felt alone. And often we can feel alone. We can feel, I wonder, is God even hear me? And Jesus, here in this passage, He begins. He shares a little bit about, about His own trouble to His soul. His own anguish. His own grief. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief, just like us. We had seen in the last passage that I preached from how Jesus had been welcomed into Jerusalem upon a donkey and as the people cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then these Greeks came to Jesus and they, they, they wanted to see Jesus. And when Philip and one of the other, I think it was Andrew, came to Jesus telling them that these Greeks were there to see Him, He said, My hour has come. Now, My hour has come. And if we've been reading through John, we, we, we know some of what that means because earlier on in the Gospel of John, we, we saw the miracle of the, of the wedding at Canaan. Jesus was asked by His mother, would you make some... Wine, because we these these this couple has run out of wine at the wedding, and Jesus says, "My hour has not yet come." And whenever he meets with a woman at the well, he he says, "A time is coming when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth." But it's a future thing, and a couple of times Jesus had said, "Oh well," Jesus had escaped from. People who wanted to kill him because his hour had not yet come. And yet, here, Jesus had said, My hour has come. The weight of the very reason why Jesus had come to this earth was approaching fast. It was here. And Jesus says in verse 27, I'll go ahead and read the passage. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that they that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to Myself. Lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that it would not bounce off of us. Lord, that we would not have a heart that is hardened, that is impenetrable to your word, but Lord, that you would soften our hearts. Lord, you would open our eyes, give us ears to hear, that we may truly hear your word and be changed. Lord, we love you. Father, we pray, I pray that you would be with me. Give me grace. Give me strength to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now my soul is troubled. Now that the time when his hour, he said, had come. He was approaching the cross. Here we are in the the Gospel of John. We get to the point where it's the week before he comes to the cross. And he knows what's coming. Nothing came and snuck up on him. He knew from the moment he began his ministry and even before, he knew from the foundation of the world what he had come for. He knew that he was coming to die upon a cross for us. But he says, now my soul is troubled. He experienced pain. He experienced agony. This is important for us to get. Often we can think about God as if He's some distant being. Somewhere out there and distant and doesn't really feel with us. Doesn't really have any kind of emotion towards us. But here we see that Jesus came and He, not only did He weep whenever Lazarus died, but He felt agony of His soul when the cross was approaching. The next part is kind of confusing. Scholars take it two different ways. One, it's like, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come. So basically, the question, is it a question here that Jesus is asking? Should I say, Father, save me from this hour? And He immediately answers that with a No but it's for this purpose. Now, that's possible. That's the way that uh, the translation we're reading from has it. It's got a question mark there. But it seems to kind of remove some of the pain and the agony that you, you hear in Jesus. The The question marks aren't there in the Greek text. That's an interpretation. I think it makes sense for us to read it and what shall I say? As if Jesus is at a loss for words. And he says, Father, save me from this hour. And it's not a, a, a moment of, of doubt. It's not a moment where he's not trusting in his Father. It's even, even in the Psalms, we read the same thing like where David or like where Bradley had read from. And David was crying out, save me. Jesus very well may have been quoting from some of those psalms saying, save me. If he could cry out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me on the cross? Then why should we have to kind of remove that anguish By making it into question, Jesus cried out, save me from this hour. But yet, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that agony, as He cried out, save me, He had confidence in His Father's will. He had confidence that He was right where God had placed Him, right where He needed to be. He says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. While He cries out, save me, He trusts, this is God's plan, this is why I'm here, this is the pathway to glory. And he says, Father, glorify Your name. He had a greater vision of what was necessary than his own personal peace and comfort whenever he was faced with this pain, whenever he was faced with this agony, what did he pray? Father, glorify Your name. Are we the kind of people who can have that kind of faith? When we face walking along with a loved one who's dying, when we face struggles of all kinds of degrees, Can we say with Jesus, Father, glorify Your name? When we struggle to overcome sin and we pray and we pray, but it still has its hold on us. Can we pray, Your grace is sufficient for me? Can we pray with Jesus and say, Father, glorify Your name? An amazing thing happened. When Jesus prayed, Father, glorify Your name, it says a voice came from heaven. There was only a couple of times when this happened. There was the transfiguration upon the mountain. There was a Jesus' baptism. And then there was this. When Jesus was praying in anguish, in agony, the the voice came from heaven and says, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Pointing to the fact He has already glorified His name in what Jesus has done up to this point. He has glorified His name whenever He made water into wine. He has glorified His name when He fed the 5,000. He has glorified His name when He made Lazarus get up out of a tomb and walk. And He says, I will glorify it again. In the context here, Jesus is in agony over the fact that He is going to face the cross within a week's time. And whenever the Father says, I will glorify it again, that is the Father affirming that He will glorify His name within the resurrection of Jesus. That He will not stay in the grave, but He will raise again from the grave and ultimately glorify the Father the crowd that stood there heard it and said that it thundered. And others, an angel has spoken to him. They didn't understand. We often see this. The disciples don't have a full understanding of what's going on until after the resurrection and they reflect on what they had seen beforehand. The Spirit brings it to mind and they realize, oh, that's what that was about. The crowds didn't understand Him. They, some of them, they thought it was just a natural occurrence, like thunder. Some of them thought, well, it sounded like some kind of a voice, but it maybe it was an angel voice. I just couldn't make out what it was saying. And then Jesus says, the voice has come for your sake and not mine. Well, if it came for their sake, why couldn't they understand what it meant? But yet Jesus says, The voice has come for your sake and not mine. How can that be? I think it's after the fact. After the fact. When Jesus goes through the cross and the resurrection and the disciples think about what they had experienced with Jesus, they remember, oh, remember that? That was the voice of God. He would say, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And so we have it recorded here in Scripture. It was for our benefit. Jesus was in pain and agony, and surely He gained some benefit from hearing the Father say those comforting words, I have glorified and I will glorify it again. But the primary reason for God speaking from heaven... Saying that is for our benefit. That we would know God did it all for His glory. And Jesus says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men, people, to myself. What was the cross ultimately about? It was about grace, yes, but it was also about judgment. It was because of our sin. Our sin. The sin of everyone who has ever lived. Who is was so weighty. And we all deserve... Death, hell, the cross was about judgment on that sin. Jesus did not, does not wipe our sin under the under the mat. He doesn't. He doesn't sweep it under the rug and just say, "Oh, it's okay," because he's just such a gracious and forgiving person. No, he had to die for us to be forgiven. The Judgment on all of our sin, on all of my sin, on all of your sin, was carried out on Jesus on the cross when the Father had turned His face away. Whenever Jesus felt that abandonment and the wrath of God was poured out on the Son of God. That was judgment that we deserved. Now is the time of judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Let's talking about Satan. Jesus says, "The ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. He will be ultimately defeated." Like Jesus, like, like, like in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen, whenever it says that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head, Jesus crushed the serpent's head. He cast the ruler of this world out. He was defeated. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. There again are those words, when I am lifted up, When I am lifted up. Back in John chapter 3, Jesus said the same things. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and the people had to look on that serpent so that they could be saved from the poisonous snakes that had bitten them. And all they had to do was look. Jesus says, when I am lifted up. He said, the Son of Man must be lifted up the same way as that serpent was. When I am lifted up, He says, I will draw all men to Myself. Is that saying that everyone will be saved? Well, think about this. We had the Jews in the previous passage who welcomed Him into the city, into Jerusalem, as He was riding a donkey and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna. But then we had these Greeks who were coming to Jesus. These Gentiles who were coming to Jesus. And this, these Gentiles coming to Jesus was a signal that His hour had come. When Jesus says, I will draw all men to Myself, I believe He's, he's saying without distinction, I will draw from Jew and Gentile, black and white. Red, yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. Without distinction, whether it be race, ethnicity, whether it be socioeconomic status, rich or poor, whatever status, without distinction, Jesus draws all people to himself. It's no longer something that's just for the Jews. It's for all people everywhere, <coughs> men. He's asked by the people. He he talks about being lifted up, and they understand what he's talking about. They understand when I am lifted up. Listen to what they say. The crowd says, "He said this." Well. Verse 33, he said this to show what kind of death that he was going to die. And the crowd understands him. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? They expected a Messiah. Ever since that John 3.15, or not John, Genesis 3.15, the serpent, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. The blessing of Abraham, the, the fact that, that Abraham would have a son, have a, 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 a seed that would have uh, land and it would have. Sorry. That would bless all nations. The fact that David on down the line, <coughs> that David on down the line was promised he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. And the people, they had an expectation of what this Messiah must be like. And they're saying, the Messiah, when he comes, he's supposed to be here forever. Remember the, the promise to David? The promise to David. He would have a son that would sit on his throne forever. How, how, how can it be that he's going to be lifted up, that he's going to die? What kind of Son of Man is this? It's not the kind that we heard about. It's not the kind that we were expecting. And Jesus answers. He, he doesn't give them an explanation of, well, you just misunderstood it. With the, it was supposed to be like this. I was going to die. No, he didn't, he didn't do that. Instead, He says, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. They're worried about, well, if you're the Son of God, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of Man, then how are you supposed to die? Jesus doesn't explain everything. He says, I'm here with you now. I am the light. He said earlier in another chapter, I am the light of the world. He said, the light is with you now. Believe in the light now. Don't wait till later. Don't wait till you have it all figured out. Believe in the light now that you may become sons of light. And with that same thing that Jesus said to those people there, Maybe you haven't got it all figured out and you're waiting to get it till you feel like you just understand everything before you trust in Jesus. Jesus words here was the light is here. Believe in the light while you still have time. He was going to the cross. And he didn't explain everything to them. He was going to the cross. He was going away for a little while. He said, Don't wait till then. Trust now. And that's what he calls us to do. Don't wait until we have it all figured out. Don't, don't try to measure Jesus against what our expectations are. He is among us, He's spoken to us in His Word. If you sense Jesus speaking to you now, if you hear the voice of the shepherd calling to you, don't wait. Don't put it off. Trust in Him. Listen to Him. Follow Him. Look to Him. He experienced pain and agony just like we do and more. He did it all for you and for the glory of God. You trust in Him. Look to Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.